G'day golfers. Ever found yourself redirecting blame and making excuses after having an absolute shocker on a golf course? I know that I have. Range was closed, I was a little cold, didn't warm up, I hit it in those three old divots. Then we have the podcast for you. We focus on how to fundamentally own your swing. Strike it pure and consistently shoot in the 70s. Be it if you're a weekend hack, retired and playing daily, a school phenom or a tour professional. We present and discuss facts and physics pertaining to golf, trying to keep our ego and opinion at bay. We dispel myths such as keep your head down, bend your knees, or my all-time favourite game improvement irons. So stop drinking that mythical Kool-Aid and have a sip of ours. I think you'll find it both inspiring and refreshing. I'm Scott Young, founder of Swing, PGA professional and ex-tour player. And together with physical therapist Dr. Sean Joyce, welcome to Pivot the Path. G'day golfers and welcome back to Pivot the Path. Good morning. Dr. Joyce, how are you this morning? Doing well. Had a very brisk ride up to the How office. was, what, I think we were at 26 degrees Fs today, which yeah. is about minus four or five. Yeah, it's getting cold. Winter season rolling around. Dude, rocking here. a shirt here. I'm uh, in a bit of a jumper, as we call it, sweater. Yeah, I'll, I'll cool down as we get going. That's the Colorado and you're coming out. Yeah, but it, it feels colder here always, which surprises me. We, uh, we had a little heater left on all night, so it was nice and warm when we got in. Oh, good. Electrical didn't take the Land Rover in with, without the No, heat. we definitely didn't uh. take the Landy in. The Landy has a heater that's run off the engine block, and uh, I would use the word heater very haphazardly. <laughs> it doesn't quite doesn't, cut it, huh? The kids aren't always, Dad, turn the heater on. I'm like, it is. Uh, so we thought we'd talk a little bit about different topics today in different segments, and we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what's current in the news of golf. Yep. Uh, unfortunately for the... Uh, TGL Virtual Golf. What, what do you think of Virtual Golf, mate? I, it's hard to say. I, I can't wait to see what it's like. If it's one of those things you watch and say, "Ah, oh, that surprises yeah, me. It's kind of interesting or not." I. So the arena collapsed in the in the Florida storm. So one presumes they have to re-architect and engineer the entire thing. So it's been yeah, pushed like more storms eighteen months. Come, so it's got to yeah. hold up. I just can't get my head into watching other people play in simulators. That would be I, I agree. Of it seems hard to get into. Uh, it'll be very different. You know, maybe they find a way to make it interesting yeah. enough. But then that the whole uh, sport of watching people. I'm not a gamer, mm -hmm. but people watching other people play games. Yeah, it's huge. So maybe that's what they're trying to tap yeah, into. Yeah, it's very true. You know, like Twitch, but uh, getting, getting yeah. golf involved a little bit more. So. Maybe there'll be something to it. Uh, at least now we have to wait a little longer to find out. Yeah, I think the putting's going to be the biggest thing. The Tiger's playing in the Hero, yeah, Hero, Hero World, World Challenge. Challenge. He's back in the lineup. Always exciting news for golf Him fans. and Taylor Swift, they move the needle all over the geographic. <laughs> yeah, no now. one has influence like No, I mean, they're unreal. My frustration is that he's clearly, in my opinion, the world's greatest that's ever been and probably will ever be, unless there's another phenom. So we're very lucky to be in the Tiger era. But at the same token, I get a little frustrated that the individual is more apparent and bigger than the game and that should never occur in my opinion the game's always bigger than the individual but what did he actually do challenge. with that ankle that so as far as i know he's had a subtalar fusion which what is that he's in a series now of operations since yeah. that car crash uh but that's the the like the bottom ankle joint where your heel is at and connects to the the talus bone above that um, so it's not your main ankle joint where you get the, you know, pushing a gas pedal, lifting off a gas pedal motion. Interesting, yeah. Uh, it's more the inversion, eversion. Which so inversion, eversion is? 
Um, so the side to side, okay. yeah. So kind of if you think if you're sitting here, you you let your arch collapse, the ankle rolls inward, or you roll onto the outside of your foot. It doesn't appear to be a mechanical golf swing issue. It appears, not knowing the medical side, that he actually can't walk up and down hills, down being the biggest issue, like the 10th at Augusta, mm -hmm. like the 2nd at Augusta, where you need that uh, extension. But if you imagine uh, going down one of those slopes and then you turn sideways, or now you're addressing the ball, yep. you need that inversion eversion ah. to be balanced out on the slope. So it actually could be the hitting on a down slope creating the angle uh, side-to-side -side motion. That yeah, might, oh, down slope or up slope. I think that's where in his swing anyways, he would feel it the most. And we know the walking, he said, has been super difficult. But That's fascinating. Um, okay. Yeah, so again, so it is a elevation issue. That's why the yeah. Hero, which is on a dead flat golf course thereabouts. Should be a bit more should manageable. Be, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's only 20 guys playing. I'm not a massive fan of watching a tournament with 20 guys, but yeah. but I'm sure it's, it's... Look, it's great to see him play golf. Yeah, see him out He's there. He's phenomenal. He still plays... For me, inside 100, inside 120 yards, he plays shots at people to simply Yeah, you know play. you're going to oh, get some shots that insane. are just what you hope to see when he's out Insane. There. And then uh, one of the funny ones uh, was Mr. Uh, Luton on the, uh, <laughs> on the DP World Tour throwing his driver up into a tree out of frustration. I love a good meltdown. And right? then he, he gets that stuck, so he throws his second club up. That gets stuck. <laughs> throws his third club, mate. I mean, God bless him. I think he came. He didn't have a great week. Yeah. Uh, What's your best meltdown you've had on a golf course? Oh, so I don't, I don't think I have a great story about myself, but uh, I remember one time I was, I was here a couple summers ago playing up at Split Rock up in yep, Westchester, yep. Split, Split Rock and Pelham Bay. And uh, we were in kind of the woods on the back nine, and there we pulled up to a tee box, and there's two guys standing there, and we haven't seen anyone in front of us all day. And this guy's just, you know, maybe 25 30 feet into the woods off the tee box just scrumming around looking for stuff and his buddy's just sitting there on his phone scrolling in his golf cart and we're like what's going on guys and he's like ah, i hit one into the woods and then i threw my brand new driver into the weeds <laughs> um and he's not sponsored he just you know shelled out maybe 750 bucks for that driver Damn. he's trying to find it but i think they'd been there a long time the guy was at the end of his wits but called uh, his six minute penalty yeah yeah so we we teed off we we get down there hit up from the fairway onto the green i look back he's still in the weeds so poor guy <laughs> might might be there today i don't That's know awesome. he's going to be due for a new driver already so i remember i was playing a u.s open pre-q this was in fact i think this was 15 16 years ago i can't remember the golf course but I remember I was playing, and when you're playing it like a US Open, in the first uh, regionals, you, you're hoofing your own bag. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing with this guy, and he basically we had a shocking round, and he went to a, basically play a shot where his half foot was in a uh, little creek and half foot out, and he duffed it, he picked his bag up, and he threw it in the water and <laughs> stormed thing. off the whole thing. And he had someone with him who ended up picking up his bag, and really? I said to this guy, and this, this kid was a young kid, mate, you can't, you got to leave those clubs there like that. What message are you saying if you yeah. then take your shoes off, go in, pick them up and take them to your young whippersnapper? You've got to do it again. Yeah. got to do it again, yeah. So he just walked up, didn't oh, finish done. the round, yeah, no, didn't just finish called it. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of... There's a lot of prima donnas in like a USO. Everyone's, oh, I'm going to pre-Q, and yeah. it's hard. I yeah. mean, for regionals, usually it's 100 guys for 10 spots, regionals. Okay, yeah. Usually you've got to keep it around one under even par. It okay. gets a, through regionals. Yeah. Depends on where you go. I always, we used, when I was on tour, we used to plan the worst golf courses. And okay. that's where I'd go and pre-Q because people didn't want to play them. Yeah, So enough. you'd go to Nebraska. So you have an advantage over the rest 100%. of the field. yeah. You know, everyone wanted to play wing foot as a, well, not that wing foot would be a regional, but, you know, a really good golf course if it was a regional. Yeah. 
you wouldn't turn up there because every man and his dog was there. You'd you'd drive three hours north of New York yeah. and pre-queue in Buffalo okay. where there's no one. That uh, makes sense. And then sectionals, it was basically all the PGA Tour guys who weren't exempt. Yeah. And they were, the numbers were usually around 150 for five five spots. Oh, yeah, that's... Two rounds, got to shoot there. 10 under. Okay. Yeah, wow. I've been really close a couple of times. A mate of mine's got through two or three times. Cool. Usually around six or seven under for two rounds gets in. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Have you got to show up at the right time. You've got to show up at the right time. Can't so, be throwing your bags in the lake. Yeah, so God bless Mr. Juice Luton, who you probably, uh, I think he got the clubs down from the tree, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but maybe not. Uh, and so... That kind of leads us to look, we want to take those train crashes out of place. So today we would love to talk about how to practice. That's, that's today's episode. How do we practice? And obviously it's such a huge topic and the variety of golf is so large. We thought we'd go from 10 handicap and above and 10 handicap and below. Yeah. With today being probably representing that 70% of the market is 10 handicap and above. So yeah. how do you practice? Yeah, that's, and super important right now. The off season is, is rolled around here and should have hopefully a little more time to practice but if you're not starting now then springtime rolls around and it's going to be too late you and know, for our crew in australia you know you're right in the mick of the the the, the season how to practice is is again so important and yeah. and we did a little bit of research in the medical journal here in the u.s uh basically they were saying that fatigue occurs mental fatigue is a is a psychobiological state that's induced by prolonged duration of a demanding exercise. Now that's a mouthful, but what it's saying is that cognitive thought is trying to change a habit for the better improvement. Mm. And there's only so much time that you've got to actually achieve that. And I think for an average golfer, an hour's practice is absolutely ample. And we do that based on watching people practice for 17 years. What do you think, an hour? Yeah, I think if it's focused, structured practice, that's more than enough. And I think it's more of as time goes on, being consistent in solidifying those habits instead of, you know, five hours of practice today and then you don't do anything for a week and a half. Yeah. If you can break it into smaller chunks where the quality of the practice is significantly higher and do that more frequently. Is that why you guys would generally do hour sessions, physical therapy, and hours a good time to get to yeah. know Yeah. So it, it's enough time to make some impact, but then you eventually get to a point where it's like, that's Fatigue, enough for yeah. today. Especially if people are in any sort of pain, you know, you can only tolerate so much activity before everything just starts getting a little worse. Sure, sure. So. And we see it in here all the time. And again, why I think swing and pivot the path is so uh, is doing so well is that we just, we're in the weeds of golfers for 14 hours a day watching these guys and girls practice. And then guys and girls, they walk into swing with some fatigue, mental fatigue. They've been traveling. You've had a you know bust up with your misses and you're just not mentally switched on or you're physically a little tired. Yeah. And they just start whacking, especially our guys. Our ladies are more intelligent in their practice, but the guys start hitting driver and you hear it. And it's yeah. like a helicopter running off. They come in the door right to the bay, grab, you know, driver and just hammer at it. Yeah, hammer at it. Complete and then walk waste out and they're time. gone. <laughs> so we are changing that culture in here because, you know, I'm, I'm always giving lessons, you know, t 10 hours a day. And I'm, I'm like, all right, how are you being productive? What is that learning? What are you improving? And I, I'm like a little bit of a general, but we're here to get our swing community better. So the first thing I'd get everyone, whether it's in Australia in summertime right now or coming into summer, or, or if you're going away for holidays, if you're going to practice just before you start and before you warm up, and we're going to talk about how to practice in the next 20 minutes, just ask yourself, where am I? 
am I fatigued? Am I in a good headspace? Or am I a little tight because I did a boxing class or I went for a run yesterday? Mm -hmm. And then if you are that tight predisposition or a little bit fatigued, pull the stumps back. Like just pull way back and do some short game. Yeah. Work on your putting. You know, that's why we've got a, a really good putting green in here because if you're having a, a crappy day, work on your short game. Yeah. so much easier to achieve. It's less complex. Yeah, start with something that you're going to get something out of. Uh, instead of forcing it if it's a day where you're just not on top of it. Yeah, 100%. So if we look at uh, uh, the main golfer, and we think, you know, main golfers, general golf population's got about an hour. I think a guy in a, in a club pro position's probably got about two, two and a half hours of practice, obviously not playing a ton. And then a tour player, it's amazing. I can hit balls for about five or six hours without missing a beat, but I did 10 hours, you know, 15 years ago, and it's just an inherent skill. Uh, the amount of times I practice, I might hit 10 balls in here when everyone else has hit 60, literally. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might rehearse it seven or eight times before I pull the trigger. I think yeah. that's really important. So that's what we wanted to talk yeah, about today. if you were today. practicing for five hours, you're not going to be nonstop yeah, balls totally. for five hours. I think if we let our guys in here, they would go nonstop. Yeah, they keep going. Um, if we get people in and out a few times in a day sometimes, like, oh, yeah. I have this feel. They're probably sitting at their desk like, oh, if I just would have done this. Yeah, yeah. They're it's like, so I got to get back in swing, go hit it. So they more. do. They walk in. They're like, I just, JB loves it. <laughs> yeah, JB yeah, comes yeah. in. He's like, I just had a feel. I'm like, dude, you should be trading on your six screens and <laughs> buy and sell. So if we had an hour, again, let, let's keep this high and tight. If we had an hour of practice, we think five minutes to warm up. You think that's good Yeah, I, I think you can get a good warm up in five minutes. And that's also a bit of like mental prep too for what you're about to do. So if days you come in and mentally you notice the fatigue or physically, like when you come in and start doing something to turn that around, it starts to set your mental state, your focus. You know, you can probably get back a little bit of maybe what you were lacking if there's just been a lot going on in your life outside. Sure, of golf. yeah. Um, so it's not like the day's a waste, but use that time mentally and also just get, physically get into to it. get things yeah, ready for flick the good switch. practice. Yeah. And then if we had like 10-minute increments, we think 30 to 40 minutes of actual structure. What you're trying to achieve, to, to SJ, to your point, this is what I want to achieve today. I reckon 30, 40 minutes to do it. I'm going to push this on every single golfer to apply at a 20 handicap. Every session should finish with routines. Mm -hmm. Put yourself under a test. And it's about perfecting routines. And whether you're off 20 or whether you're off plus six trying to make the US Open, the routines that you bring to the table will return some, some, some attributes yeah, here. So help a lot with consistency. Yeah, right? consistency. So finish with 10 minutes of routines and then just a five minute recap. For us, it's always on video. Yeah. So whether it's video of the, of the swing portal, oh, here's what I learned today. I always find that if the golfer can't articulate it, oh, today I did X, Y, and Z. I came in at X and I left at Y and this is how I mentally did it. If you can't articulate that, then where I think golf lessons diminish is that the golfer, the golf pro improves the golfer, but unless they walk away with a video of them articulating it, the attrition of information is huge. So then when they wake up the next day, they'll lose 50% of that feel. Yeah. Yeah. So you and I, you with movement, me with golf, it's always put it on video, say what you're doing so that tomorrow when you wake up, you can do it again. Yeah, that that to me is it. so crucial. So that's retain the, the change you, you change you're making. Yeah. So if we take that hour then and just lay it out, 
it would be you come in five minutes, warm up, get things going mentally and physically. Then we got 40 minutes of your structured practice. Yeah. 10 minutes of routine. And then the last five recapping and, and kind of That's round it. up what you did. Yeah, absolutely. And then Good you can use spent. that structure, whether you're a club pro who wants to maybe make a jump on tour, to a tour player, every, that structure of allotted time, warm up, structure, routines, recap, uh, you can just expand that to two hours, four hours, five hours, whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah, it's really good. And it's like we've talked in past episodes, your brain's really good at recognizing patterns yeah. and knowing what to do when you start doing something that it's familiar with. So you get into a consistent practice routine, then that's going to help everything else get more consistent too. Yeah. And so I think for the average 10 handicap plus, the first thing I like to see is just gauge where you're at. And so we always go straight to face to path. So yeah. three things affect ball flight, face path and low point. Low point influences speed and, and potential energy into the golf ball. And face and path is direction. Those three things generally are only what's, what's really important. There's other little idiosyncrasies. Mm -hmm. So I get everyone to come in here and I'm absolutely like a general on you must be from the inside, hips lead chest, hips lead chest. And if you're not sure what that looks like, throw a ball and you'll find that your pelvis leads your chest every day, whether you're a lefty or righty. So we want from the inside, face less than path, but open to target. Mm -hmm. And we don't want big numbers. So if you're coming from the inside 15, and your face is open to face less than path, that ball's going to hook, which is yeah. unplayable. Big curve. Yeah, yeah, big curve. So what we try to do here is set structure. So for an average 10 marker up, thereabouts, we get you to start coming from the inside 15. And in here we say, I feel like your shoulders face first base mm -hmm. for a right-hander or third base for a left-hander at impact. That's if I had a club across my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Get, you know, come a long way from the inside, come like inside 15 and that's why in my opinion and and certainly I think you look back me up on this unless you're practicing with data actual numerical data to mm -hmm. waste of time it's hard to really it's know hard what to quantify you're yeah yeah, yeah. so simulators are huge for that uh, for people who maybe don't have something that they can get the data with and immediate feedback how do you recommend they try and so match it to up? your point and you brought this up really well that that foot spray that puts a little sheen on the club face yeah. basically all you have to do is work out where the ball starts mm -hmm. how it curves and where you hit it on the club face yeah and those three things will get you pretty well where you need to be yeah so you can account for gear effects you can account for gear effect if you don't have all this fancy tech yeah if you hit the ball in the face we know the face opens and draws so we want to make off the toe yeah. yeah so we want to make sure that we understand gear effect we talked about that last time so how to be structured you come in you get your face to path right and be ex be uh, exaggerated come a long way from the inside and then bring it back yeah. so we say hey point your shoulders to first base as a right hander that's too much to enjoy your golf mm -hmm. then bring your shoulders back to second base and you'll find that the math then is like inside four face two yeah so that'd be a i was going to say what's the range you really like to see people hitting eventually to go on course and play that sure game? so We've done a fair bit of research on math and physics in here, and anywhere inside or outside, less than about four degrees path, mm -hmm. we'll be hitting the green most often from okay. about 150 yards. And then face relative to that? Face has to be less than path. Just less, yeah. And just, just. We okay. don't want, if you're coming from the inside or the outside four degrees and your face is one, that ball's going to curve quite a bit. Yeah. 
Yep. So that's three degrees of difference there. Yeah, we want about one, two, three degrees of difference. We mm -hmm. don't want too much more than that. Yeah. So if you're coming from the inside 10 degrees and the face is one, which would be a good club face, that path is going to cause you to hook the ball. You're never going to hit a green. Yeah, it's going to be way left. It's going to be way right. left. Yeah, exactly. So when you come in for that 40 minutes of structure, just make sure you got face to path and always please start with a short club. So I'm just going to stand up here. So as you work, because you've got a short club, the face stays square to your body. The reason driver's so difficult, if I turn side on here for, for YouTube, is my nine iron in this position, my nine iron stays square to my sternum, but because of driver, so as I stand up, my torso is more vertical. When I rotate with a driver, the club face immediately opens to path because of the angle of my torso. So we are super pedantic on it. Swing, don't hit too many drivers. It's a really difficult club to improve your, your, your process. Mm -hmm. So always work with an eight iron and get that face to path right. Yeah. And I know drivers like, I know you love hitting driver and I love hitting driver. Yeah, everyone wants to come in here and just learn how to hit driver 300 yards. Yeah. But, and you would argue that working on your swing and starting with the, the shorter club eventually is going to carry over into you hitting a better drive. Look, we know, again, let's keep it to math. We know to, to create a habit, it's the best part of, 30, 20 times a day for three weeks, that creates a habit. So if you're using driver where your torso's upright, face is naturally going to open, and what's the rule? Face less than path, it's really difficult to be a terrific, uh, to create a terrific improvement with driver compared to a 9-9, simple physics and math. Yeah. So in three years of us being here, two years of being open, I've probably hit 30 drivers, and I as we played the other day, I hit driver pretty well. Yeah, did, didn't miss it. one. Yeah, so it's it's changing that the, the environment and changing this. Let's hit driver. No, let's hit nine irons all day long. Mm -hmm. And then, so if you if you're coming in and practicing and you're hitting a great uh, inside face to path, start with a nine iron for 20 minutes. And if you can't do that, then switch it off and do short game. And I think this is really important. If you can't control your math from a from a middle handicapper, do short game. Come back another day. Yeah. And if you can't get the math the second day, get a lesson. Okay, that makes sense. And so if people are going to sit there and focus on face path and their low point, is there anything in their setup? I know we've got the T-square bars there. Absolutely. That they can structure around their hitting bay. They're actually spot where they're hitting balls to encourage the right things. Always have your alignment rods. We use a T-square because we have the T-square grins for YouTube here. We've got a T-square on our nose, so our brain knows if we have the T-square here and the golf ball opposite the T-square, that's our starting point. And to compress a golf ball, our chin and sternum have to be ahead of the ball. So always work with either buy a little uh, T-square from Home Depot and get alignment rods, the little driveway markers. Yeah. You know, it's five bucks. Easy setup. We yeah. sell them here. Uh, and to just have some structure on actually on the ground. And you'll get an understanding of divot. If yeah. your divot is behind the ball, your chin is behind the ball at impact. So again, we've talked about this. I always have my three iron to nine iron in the dead middle of stance. Now my three iron's got less loft, therefore the angle of attack will produce a, a, a club loft that's a little de-lofted. De mm -hmm. But it means that I've only got to have one swing. Yeah. Whereas if I have, I was brought up that nine iron in the middle, eight iron more forward, seven iron more forward. Well, now you've got the ball in a different position. Now you've got a different golf swing. Yeah. Let's have one golf swing. Yeah, that's that's a lot of work to get that's right. A lot and of if work. you are actually good at putting the ball where you think you're putting it, 
is another thing entirely. Yeah, totally. Um, especially on course when there's different slopes and things like that. Which gets back to Tiger, why that ankle might be a bit of an issue yeah, on a yeah. downhill slope. So come in, work on your face to path. And if again, if you get the face less than path and you're hitting that little draw, then start with a 9-9, hit 10 shots in a row. If you do 10 8 or 9-9s in a row, then grab a 5-iron if that's the longest club for most people in the bag. And then I guarantee you to do face to path with a 5-iron is going to be instrumentally harder than a 9-iron. Mm -hmm. So try that 10 shot rule. So again, for our 10 markers and above, thereabouts. Face to path with a 9-iron, why? Because the angle of the club allows easier to keep the face square. We need the face less than path. When you add a 5-iron, your torso is more upright. Therefore, the face opens, not as much as a driver, but a lot more than a 9-iron. Yeah. And once that face opens, golf gets difficult. So test yourself coming from the inside face less than path with a 5-iron. Mm -hmm. If you do it 10 times, that's a fantastic practice session. Yeah, really good. Yeah, if you can't, go back to your 9-iron, do 10 9-irons. If you can't do that, get a lesson. Yeah, and it's I really think it's simple. nice to break it up that way. If you give yourself some structure... You're not going to sit there and try and hit that five iron until you get it right, which may never happen, and then you leave frustrated and pissed off. Yeah, absolutely. You say, all right, ten shots at it, then go back to your nine iron, groove that same face to path, and then maybe go back if you, you absolutely. still have time and try and get the five and I've right. And I've, what, ever since I was uh, 18 years of age, when I kind of really started playing this, this game, I use a towel under both arms, so I'm going to practice with a towel every single time uh, just, to, just to help me and my, my technique. And then once you've done your 40 minutes of structure, what we're going to do then is go 10 minutes into routines. And it's those routines that are really important. Yeah. It's because those routines then takes us from what we've learned as a skill to then how do we take that to the golf course. And I would argue it's practicing those routines and we should have a routine for putting, chipping, pitching, bunkers, driver, um, shot shape, so recovery shots mm -hmm. and full swings. They should have about six or seven routines. Yeah. And at a 25 handicap must have a pre-shot routine. Yeah. Must. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of that is lacking from the lower handicappers Absolutely. to the highers is, is a lot of routine. Yeah, so we really need you guys to have a routine and, and make sure that if you're working on something structurally, that then you practice the routine to take it to the golf course. And it's one thing that I hope we've done really quickly with Shawno is when you came in, there wasn't a whole lot of routines and, mm -mm. and I'm absolutely hammering you on those routines. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference too. Absolutely. So I'm a big fan of glove on, glove off. We'll get to that later. Uh, that's my trigger point. Uh, I, I used to play and fortunate enough to play a couple of rounds with Elk over the years, Steve Elkington. And Elk was inside his eight feet. Once he's in his eight feet, he stops talking. Yeah, so think it, box and then the action box I know uh, Annika Sorenston is yeah. think box play box yeah. through Pia um, and and that's a I, I found think box play box a little technical yeah I don't know Annika but she strikes me as an exceptionally methodical person mm -hmm. uh, ridiculously so so she probably loves think box play box velcro on velcro off same thing yeah so Cool. And then you wrap it up with the five minutes recap, kind of take stock of where you were when you started, where you finished. Absolutely. So I think this is crucial. Warm up, understand where your body's at, apply structure, do routines to how to get to that structure to a golf course. And most importantly, create a video. We've all got mobile phones. Create a video so that the next morning there's no attrition of data. There's no loss of thought process. The amount of times pre-swing my clients would be like, oh, what did we say the other day? Whereas now at swing, we create data for everyone. They go back to the video. They go back to the video. I'm yeah. like, oh, Scott said X or Sean said X with motion. 
Unfortunately, my brain doesn't work like Sean's or Scott's, so I interpreted shoulder down, face down to X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And so people won't learn and create a habit from someone else's voice. You must interpret the data as you do, but then take a video so yeah. to watch back. Yeah, so that'd be a good practice session. So there's an hour, and if you're having a, a, a crabby day, just take your foot off the gas of a cognitive effort, so you're not gonna change habit. Work on your short game. We'll get to that later. Work on your short game and do some putting and chipping. Yeah, still make it productive, but uh, don't force something yeah, that's not there. Yeah, and you do the same with, with movement, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you go to do that bench press squeeze and you feel something, pump the brakes. Yeah, and yeah pushing through something you feel is not right it never ends up working out never well. Never ends up well. Beauty golfers, look, thanks for listening to Pivot the Path. And remember, your on-course enjoyment starts with the work you put into your entire game. You can absolutely own your swing. Keep moving. Keep swinging. Thanks for listening. Give us a, give us a like on the bottom of the, uh, of the podcast there. And yeah, we appreciate the support. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're we'll having a ball. Tune back in with our uh, low handicap practice next week. Awesome. Thank you.